Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vitalingam, and today I'm talking to Sarah Smith about research she's done on the UK's fertility rate and the impact of welfare reform. Sarah, I wonder if you could start off by giving us a brief overview of what's been going on with the UK's birth rate in recent years. Yeah, so um, the, the, the birth rate now stands at uh, 1.95 so children per, per woman on average, and that's the highest rate since 1973. In fact, over the last uh, seven years, there's been almost an explosion in birth rates. It went up from a, a low of 1.63 in 2001 up to this current rate of uh, 1.95. So I, mean, I think we can almost sort of stop thinking about the UK as a low fertility country. You know, it's, uh, it's got one of the highest birth rates in Europe. So what do you think might be going on? What can, what can explain why the birth rate has ticked up like this? So I think there are sort of three factors which, uh, which might underlie this change. So what the, the first is the kind of the growth in births to women born outside the UK. That's increased quite a lot over, over the last few years and now kind of nearly uh, one in four babies born are to women born outside the UK. And many of these kind of um, in different countries sort of have higher rates, have higher birth rates than we've traditionally had in the UK. So that's one factor, but that doesn't explain the whole of the story. Another thing is the kind of the, the increase in births to older women. There's sort of a cohort of women born in the 1960s and 70s who basically delayed their fertility. They, they didn't have their children in their 20s and early 30s, and they're now kind of playing catch up. So we've had the biggest increases in births to older women, kind of um, 35 plus. Uh, so births among 35 to 39-year-olds have increased by a third, and births among 40-year-olds are up by 60%, although that's kind of from a small base. So I think that's the, the, the second factor, is this kind of this catching up, these women who delayed and are now having their babies. And then a third factor, which our kind of researchers try to shed light on, is the possible effect that government policy might have had on fertility. So when Labour came to power in 1997, they set in place a massive increase in generosity of benefits to um, families with children, and these were particularly targeted at low-income families. So if you look at the overall spending on uh, benefits to households with children, that went up by around 50% in real terms between 1999 and 2003. That's kind of an unprecedented level of increase. So one obvious question that we asked was, well, you know, if you pay uh, families with children more money, does this encourage any of them to have uh, babies? And we think the answer is yes. And we think we found some evidence that this kind of um, increase in the generosity of benefits to households with children may have uh, resulted in increase in fertility. So can you explain how you go about assessing whether that is the case? How, how do you work out whether things like the Working Families Tax Credit had an impact on fertility yes. in later years? So, so our approach was basically to kind of think about two types of households. So there's kind of households who uh, were likely to have received, received the benefits and so kind of you know, had their behaviour affected by the increase in income. And then there's kind of a second set of households, second set of women, who we think were probably largely unaffected by the change in benefits. So we kind of basically compare before and after the reform for the group who were affected with kind of before and after the reform for the group who were unaffected. And the reason for kind of this second group is as a sort of control to try and mop up the effect of other sort of changes in the kind of, you know, economy that might have had an effect. So, for example, you know, we had the kind of, that the millennium may have had an effect on, on kind of births in some sort of way, so we want to take out those kind of factors. Um, 
So using this approach of kind of a look at comparing birth rates before and after for the group who are affected, we find evidence of a significant increase in births among this group, the group who kind of who were the ones who saw the biggest increase in incomes as a result of the change in change in benefits. So what numbers are, what kind of numbers are we talking about? What, what, what is the impact? Can you, can you relate the rise in income to the number of extra births? Um, yeah, so we kind of um, tried to try to kind of uh, give some rough indication of the of the number of births. So. If we kind of um, go from the lowest point, um, lowest birth rate in 2001 to kind of the, 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 the high point now, there's a roughly an extra 400,000 births, so 400,000 babies kind of born compared to the kind of the low in 2001. And we think our estimates suggest that roughly 40,000 of those births might be explained by the increase in, increase in benefits. So we kind of, we can observe, you know, how much birth rates have increased uh, and that kind of, you know, our estimates translate into roughly 40,000. So it's not huge. I mean, it's clearly not the main factor driving this increase in birth, but it's, you know, explaining possibly around 10% of the overall increase. So what, what's the mechanism? Do you think? Is it simply that people will feel richer and think, oh, I, I can afford to have a kid? Yeah, so we were interested to know whether it was kind of, are people having more children than they otherwise would, or are they having their children earlier than they otherwise would? Because it may be, you know, they can... You know, in their lifetimes, they can now afford to have their children earlier. I mean, we're not talking about teenage births, but we're talking about people, you know, having their births in the early 20s compared to their mid-20s. And we think it may be a bit of both. So the, the kind of further analysis shows that it's pretty much the first births and the third births that seem to respond. I mean, I think people have quite strong preferences for two births. So once you've had one, most people go on and have two. But the timing of the first birth seems to be affected and possibly the decision to go for to go for a third. So it's kind of those two effects that seem to be kind of driving driving the result. So is it fair to say that the, 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 the uptick in the fertility rate is, is really at the lower end of the income distribution? I mean, it's the people who have been affected significantly by these increases in their income. Uh, well, I mean, it's, so certainly the increase caused by the, um, by the, the welfare reforms, yeah, that, I mean, that's going to be um, further down the kind of income distribution. However, I mean, I sh- we should say, I mean, we're, we're talking about um, mainly people in couples. I mean, it's kind of not really affecting lone parents so much. So, you know, these people and, and their kind of people who are in work because it's the work it's working that makes you eligible for the benefit so we're not really talking about you know subsidizing uh, you know very poor families to have children but we're talking yeah talking about people who are essentially in kind of low paying jobs but kind of basically it's kind of them who seem to have responded and of course as I said at the start that's only one part of the story so you know the increase in births to older women you know these women are kind of career women who are by the time they reach their kind of mid to late thirties, are clearly earn, you know, going to be earn, earning quite a lot of money. So, so if you take the, um, the 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 whole of the increase in births over this period, you know, it's it's kind of across the income distribution because it's being driven by different factors. So, do you, do you think this is a, a story of unintended consequences of government policy? I mean, presumably, when when the welfare reform was introduced, the idea wasn't to raise the UK's fertility rate. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I mean, uh, I mean, some countries have introduced kind of explicitly kind of what we call pronatalist policies. So in Canada, for example, in Quebec, you know, the government was paying children to have, to you know, a, a, an additional bonus if they had a baby as a way of trying to encourage fertility. And that's also been the approach in France. You know, the French have kind of paid women to kind of stay at home and have children in attempt to increase fertility. You know, that hasn't been the effect in the UK. Uh, you know, the, the main aim behind the, the welfare reforms was to kind of get people back into work and to reduce child poverty. But it may well be, as you say, that one unintended consequence is actually to 
to, 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 give a, to give rise to more babies. Brown's babies, as you might like to call them. <laughs> Sarah Smith, thank you very much.